Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we feature the best podcast intro music in the business, played by none other than uh, Brogwave and that great song, The Cliffs of Moher. I recommend you get the song, and if you ever get a chance, I recommend you go visit The Cliffs of Moher. And if you really want to do it up, go to The Cliffs of Moher and play the song. By God, that would be a great New Year's resolution. Well, today we're going to talk about a topic I have some expertise on, I think I can say. I'm going to talk about everybody needs a coach. For those of you who know me from the podcast side, but you don't know my actual professional life, for the past 21 years, I've been the head of Buffini Company, which is the largest business coaching company in North America. We've coached over 100,000 uh, small businesses, many of them in the real estate and lending businesses, but actually 43 different types of businesses we coach. Anybody who's looking to grow their business by referral, self-employed, small business owners, that's kind of our sweet spot. So when I have a podcast entitled Everybody Needs a Coach, that could certainly seem very self-serving. Of course, everybody needs the uh, antidote that I happen to provide. That would certainly be a good argument. And in the world we live in today, you know, there isn't nothing new under the sun, right? That is true. There's nothing new under the sun. As much as people want to be innovative and creative, there's new presentations of old principles. And that's why, like, today we use the term disruptors, okay? But a disruptor is just an entrepreneur, Look at what entrepreneurs did 30 years ago and look at what the industry disruptors are and you'll find a lot of commonality, shall we say. So to play devil's advocate here, and, and I've certainly been interviewed many times in the mainstream media, people say, why do you need a coach? Why do I need a coach? Isn't that just a crutch? My father didn't need a coach. My grandfather didn't need a coach. Why do I need one today? I'm a big fan of golf. If you go on the PGA Tour today, you'll see not only do they have their swing coach, they have their sports psychologists, they have their nutritionist, they have their trainer. There's many different people. A golf is individual a sport as it is. Any top 20, 30 player might have five or six people around them on the driving range as they're hitting balls. And a lot of the folks who played golf in the past go, that's, you don't need that. And again, there's people who don't do it well because they somewhat abdicate their own process to the coach or they expect a coach to prop them up and so on and so forth. And, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how coaching actually works well and how it's designed to actually work. But the question, why in the world we live in today is there such a need? Well, the thing is the world has changed. The world has changed in a lot of ways. First of all, let's talk about the core fundamental ways it's changed. Family. How does the typical family look today versus say, just 30 years ago. I mean, three decades is a short amount of time. Uh, it's how long I've been living in America. In 30 years, it's gone by pretty quick. You know, the days are long, but the years are short. A family has changed. The makeup of family has changed. The functionality of family has changed. The size of families have changed. Divorce went from being a rarity to commonplace. Divorce rates are actually starting to go down, but that's because marriage rates are going down. You have blended families, and again, many, many people have been successful in working through divorce and working through blended families and so on and so forth. But one of the challenges is it requires so much effort and so much time and so much energy that the roles of mentorship and coaching and bringing people along, it's tougher to do. Let's say you're a stepdad or a stepmom. 
it takes a long time to develop that trust to create that bond to then have the input and the influence that you desire to have and then you have the world we live in today with kids and they social media and their peers and you know kids today is a phrase that's been said for a long time but kids today have a lot more access to a lot more information and there's a lot of what my wife would call peer raising going on where people are being raised and influenced by their peers every bit as much as they're being influenced by their parents well that's a change that's a change and by the way being raised by my peers just so you know i look back on it now as a well into my middle age years and my buddies growing up they were not the guys i should have been taking advice from okay we didn't know what we didn't know even though we thought we knew everything that's not the people i need to be taking advice from then you look at the makeup of what was the church life or the religious life of where things were say 30 years ago people went to a small local church if you didn't show up on a sunday morning they'd call you and say hey you okay well today you know for those that are practicing their faith there's these mega churches and huge arena type situations and watching online and doing this and doing that and you know i I say to people today you you might be going to a church that has so many people if you fell down of a heart attack in the parking lot they might step over you or usher you away as quickly as possible so there wouldn't be a traffic jam the church structure used to have built-in coaching built-in mentorship it wasn't called that it was called discipleship for hundreds of years for example in the christian tradition you had the catechisms they were developed to educate people along i I would share with you that the catechisms that I've researched, whether it be the Catholic tradition or the Protestant traditions, you look at those catechisms that were taught to children even 50 and 100 years ago, the average adult going to church today would have no idea of the depth of that stuff. And it's also, it shows up. It shows up in a form of immaturity. Churches are great at bringing people in now. They're great at evangelizing people, but not great at training people up. So guess what you get? You get a lot of people who are running around with an uneducated or ungrounded faith who may not always give a great representation of that faith. That might be a nice way of putting it. So what happens is we're losing the mentorship and the coaching and the discipleship from family. We're losing it from church. We're losing it in our communities. Again, you knew all your neighbors growing up. Today, if you know a person on either side of you, you're an outgoing person in a lot of senses, you know? We knew our neighbors. We had input from our neighbors. I have words of wisdom that were given to me by neighbors. I have, you know, in Ireland, for example, again, very Irish pieces, we'd go down and you'd be in the community center or you'd be at the church or you'd be at a social function or you'd be at a pub. And there's just conversation taking place, a lot of discussion, a lot of conversation. Now we have to really work hard to have discussion like our family has to go on what we call social media fasts we actually have a fast we're we're doing one right now for 21 days where no one in the family is doing social media for 21 days now we're a pretty involved family to begin with but i'm telling you like the first few days the kids are bouncing off the walls and they're looking at their phone 10 times and trying not to check instagram and snapchat and whatever else and so what happens we used to connect more we used to have a way to bounce ideas ricochet concepts back off one another wisdom was passed down from one generation to the next in work think about work life i grew up in a place where you went through an apprenticeship you did an apprenticeship and again our family business was the painting and decorating business but you were taught how to hold a brush how to prime how to prep how to sand how to fill 
how to do glass. You know, you had to put glass in. You had to putty the windows. You had to uh, wallpaper. Uh, how to use gold leaf and put. I mean, all of these things. You took an apprenticeship, and the apprenticeship was you were assigned a mentor or a coach. You were taught the steps every single day. You were held accountable. You went and took exams. And after four years, four years, you got to call yourself a painter. You got to call yourself an electrician. You got to call yourself a plumber. You got to call yourself a carpenter. Today, you buy a truck and a sprayer, you're a painter. You own a skill saw, you're a contractor. Now, you can get a license. By the way, you can get a real estate license. A real estate license will teach you exactly nothing about how to sell real estate. It will teach you things about maybe some ethical principles or not to practice racial discrimination. It might share with you some marginal laws about riparian rights and water rights and things like that. But you can go get a license and it will not help you buy or sell a home for somebody. The same with the contractor's license. So you get these licensing exams, so we're meeting the state requirements, but it doesn't really prepare anybody for anything. And boys and girls, I'm going to say to you today, family, church life, community life, work life has all changed very significantly in the last 30 years, quite significantly. And we see the evidence of it. That's why, for example, unless you go get a referral from a trusted source, it's a lottery pick having a contractor show up to do the work. Why? Because they haven't been mentored. They haven't been discipled. They haven't been trained. They weren't coached. And now they're just kind of going for it. We see this over and over again in all walks of life and all walks of business. People have not been coached up in their life, in their business. And now, by the way, not only do we not have those fundamentals in place, but I believe life is more complicated right now than at any point in time in history. This may be the most inhuman time to live from a standpoint of a person's well-being emotionally and internally. Many of us are not waking up in the middle of the night afraid of the barbarians or the Vikings coming through the town. So our safety is more secure. Many of us are not worried about the plagues or sometimes the small infections that could wipe out a whole city that we have vaccinations and health care for today. We're not living at a time where we don't know if the potatoes go bad, we're all going to die. That is not exactly the times we're living in. The inhumanity of our times is the overwhelm of life, the overwhelm and overstimulation of media, influences, information, the speed of life, and the lack of, whether it's contemplation, the lack of interaction, just the change of it all. And what's happened is we're ill-prepared for the challenges of today's market, today's business, and today's life. And that's why everybody needs a coach. So I'm going to share with you, first of all, what a coach is. And then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what a coach is not. Because there's a lot of confusion between mentorship and coaching. And I would say this up until very recently, when I was communicating with people, I would often veer back and forth. They're two separate things. A mentor is somebody who's like a trusted advisor. They're a role model. They can be somebody you know well. They can be somebody you don't know at all. Zig Ziglar was a role model to me. Jim Rohn was a role model to me. Ogmandino was a role model to me long before I ever knew these men. Now, on the mentoring side, there was also people I knew. My grandfather, Harry Buffini, who mentored me in the painting business and showed me how to hold a brush and showed me how to sweep a floor and showed me how to sand a door and showed me all of these things for years to teach me the trades. 
I don't paint houses. I haven't painted a house in 30-some years. But I only recently painted my kids' bedrooms just because I wanted to see if I could still do it. But the fact of the matter is, I still did know how to do it because I was trained in how to do it. But those principles have passed on to me in the rest of my work life. So I was mentored. So mentoring is somebody who we like to say, somebody whose hindsight becomes your foresight. A mentor is going to help you with your principles. A mentor is going to give you these guiding light values and things that will influence your philosophy and so on and so forth. A coach is very different. A coach is somebody from the ancient days, a coach was a vehicle and it conveyed a person of value from where he or she was to where they wanted to be. So this is very important. A coach was always for somebody who was a valued person. I think the first thing to do and realize in acquiring a coach is you have to value yourself enough. Everybody knows they need help, but you have to value yourself enough to go, I know that if I got the help I need, I could get to where I want to go. Many of us are very much uh, good at giving and helping and serving other people, and the last person we ever help is ourselves. But I'm going to share with you, you have to value yourself enough to actually go and get a coach. A coach's job is instructing, directing, and encouraging a person to achieve at their highest levels possible. That's their job. They're instructing, which is given the technical stuff, so it's not as much a principal development as, say, a mentor would be. It's more instructing in the tactics and the how-tos, directing so that there's, you know, directing towards goals, accountability, a plan, and then encouraging encouraging a person to keep on going on and got to stay up, right? Because human beings have emotions. Emotions go up and down and up and down. And so we need help in that regard. So in our case, when we're talking about coaching as a company, it's always a high emphasis on the fundamentals. And um, we try to put the fun in fundamentals, but at the end of the day, you need fundamentals. And I've had so many mentors and coaches in my life. You know, like I mentioned, my grandfather, Harry, my dad, my mom, Therese Buffini is a champion for me and not only has set in those principles but continues to be that role model and example. My mom had her knee replaced at 86 years of age. You know, God bless her. She's not giving up. She's not ready to go to the happy acres here. She's like, I believe I got more life ahead of me here so I've, I've made a very difficult sacrifice to go through a very painful surgery, a very long rehabilitation process, up to nine months is the average knee replacement surgery. But at 86, she decided to do that because she wants quality in, in the rest of her life. Now, that's inspiring to me. That's still a role model to me. I'm sitting here, you know, I'm coming up to 50 this year, and I'm like, oh, you know, this and that, and the old gray mare isn't what he used to be. And here's my mother fired on all cylinders getting her knee replaced because she wants to get after it. That's what a mentor does. I've had many coaches. And the Carolyn, and the Carolyn helped us win a national championship in Ireland. Mick Hines was a great coach of mine. Uh, Gene Kuhlman was a business partner and, and mentor, but he worked along with me, so he coached me up during the day. On the health side, I have a condition, a physical condition, an ailment that I have to work through because my body retains ice cream. I've done the studies on this, and, and so I have a predilection. I love sugar, but sugar doesn't love me. So an area that I have to work hard in just to maintain is the physical. So I've had a number of health coaches workout trainers, uh, Rich Brennan, uh, Amador, Yvonne, and now I have Jeff Ginsberger. Jeff Ginsberg was at my house at 6 o'clock this morning. 
and uh, five days a week we're working out together and he's checking up on me and how'd you do on eating today and how'd you do and he'll work out he'll make me a smoothie in the morning and and off I go and and that's my routine I need that you know why because I have a lot to do I also can fill myself I'm a very driven hard-working guy I can go like no other but I you know what when it's six o'clock this morning and it was 50 degrees mm, I'd just be honest with you if the trainer wasn't already sitting in my gym in my home waiting for me I wouldn't have got out of bed or I would have gone done something else and and found a reason to fill that time so the bottom line is the coach is a very very powerful thing because they reinforce the principles that the mentors help you shape and then they support the tactics to do that. So I got three major things I want to cover with you today of what a coach actually does. Okay. So first and foremost, the coach does instruction. So if you're going to get coaching, you want to make sure that somebody is knowledgeable, trained, and has the skill and the background to instruct you. Okay. You need to get instructor who can instruct. So they have the gift of instruction. They're able to teach and they have a background to do so, okay? Very important. You know, you heard the phrase, the blind leading the blind. There's a lot of people doing that today. You know, there's an awful lot of, you know, use the word coaching. There's over 50,000 business coaches and life coaches in the U.S. alone. You know, a lot of them are very good at what they do and so on and so forth. But some others, they cut like a correspondence course for a weekend, and now they're a certified coach, you know, and away they go. And the, the average coach has five clients. Well, here's the thing. That's not a full-time job for anybody. So that's, for people doing that, it's kind of a part-time thing. They're doing it on the side. If I'm going to take instruction from somebody, I want somebody who's all in. So, for example, my health trainer, Jeff Ginsburg, is taking classes. We recently just purchased a uh, rowing machine. And one of the reasons is that he, he went and he got certified through this new company called Orange Theory that has this whole philosophy of this uh, using these intermittent training sessions using devices like rowing machines and treadmills and trx stations and things like that so jeff went and got trained on this and brought that back to me and said hey i think this would help you and by the way our workouts have gone up another level i i'm feeling fitter and stronger than i have in recent months and so i have a guy who's instructing me who is being trained himself who's still growing himself who's still learning himself and who has a background so therefore, I can put some credibility behind the instruction. The second thing is, is about execution, okay? So you got to go do. You know, if you just learn for the sake of learning, you know, you got to be a doer. And so execution is everything. And then we'll get into the actual coaching, how the coaching works itself. So let me dive in here and talk to you about some things that we've talked about before. So when it comes to instruction, it's mindset, motivation, and methodologies. That's right. I know you thought you were getting something new, but here's the thing. That's what this podcast is about. And there's a lot to talk about. All right? Mindset is what gives you that direction. It's how you think and what you believe. How you think and what you believe. It's not what you think and what you believe. It's how you think. Because the how leaves a lot of room to grow. And so that's where you want to make sure that you're constantly growing in the area of instruction especially in the area of your mindset. You always want to be grown. That's why you read books. That's why you listen to podcasts. If you weren't this kind of person, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. So the fact that you're already doing this, I applaud you. You're already working on your mindset. Make sure you continue to do that. Then there's motivation. Motivation is very important. It's often poo-pooed because it's not a permanent, lasting thing. 
And again, like we used to joke with Zig Ziglar's quote, neither is bathing. That's why we do it daily. But motivation is what helps you provide that driving force. Okay? And it's a combination of two things also. It's your goals and your attitude. And goals have to be something that are written and pursued. And when you reach a goal, you've got to go set the next one. Sometimes you reach a goal and it's unrealistic. You've got to recalibrate. Sometimes you set a goal and it turns out you blew past it. It was only a stepping stone. So goals are a dynamic process and you're always having to re-examine and reconnect with your goals. I know this. I've had over 3 million people through seminars I've presented in the last 21 years. At every one of those, I've had people set goals, physically set goals with me. So again, I have a little experience with this for sure. What I've seen is this. There's people who set the same goal over and over and over again. And one of the reasons for that is they have to go back and examine why they're not achieving that goal. What is it that's holding them back in that goal? or how they're approaching that goal. But it's still a desire of their heart, so they still want it. They have to keep evaluating it. So you set goals. It doesn't mean it's written in stone and it's done. You're constantly reevaluating your goals. And your attitude. Now, I don't know about you, but my attitude can change by the day, by the hour, by the quarter hour, sometimes by the minute. It depends. And so attitude is a big deal. And what we have to constantly do is be constantly working on it. And so that's where, again, that instruction is a very big thing. Attitude. Pat Summit was a great coach. The winningest coach in the history of women's basketball. Won more championships than anybody else. Good friend of my wife, Beverly, because Beverly went to the University of Tennessee, was an All-American volleyball player there. Pat Summit was the, the lady's basketball coach. And she goes, attitude is a choice. What you think you can do, whether positive or negative, confident or scared, will most likely happen. And that's why you'll often find these coaches have fantastic quotes. Why? Because they're constantly having to motivate people. My mentor, uh, Lou Holtz, used to say, motivation is simple. You simply eliminate those who are not motivated. Right? I mean, that was Lou. Lou was a very pragmatic guy. But these guys figure things out. And these gals, they figure things out. The great John Wooden, who I had the immense pleasure of doing a speaking tour Years and years ago, and here was the ironic thing. So John Wooden is the winningest basketball coach in the history of men's basketball. A brilliant and profound man. Now here's what's kind of a little embarrassing, but also kind of sweet in a certain way. I was asked to speak on behalf of a company called Home Savings of America. And in 1995, Home Savings of America was the largest bank in the United States for a mortgage broker. And so I was doing a speaking tour for them. And they had acquired another bank called Coast Savings. And they were doing a tour for their mortgage consultants. So Home Savings and Coast come together. And the speaker for Coast Savings and the speaker for Home Savings come together. And we did a 10-city tour. Well, it turns out there's a fellow who's speaking by the name of John Wooden. He's an older man. He's in his 80s at the time, I think. And he would sit in a chair and he would recite poetry And then he would show this pyramid of success and he would speak on one element of the pyramid of success. And then we'd go to the next town and he'd sit on his chair and he'd do different poetry and he'd talk on a different element of the pyramid of success. I talked about the same thing every time in 10 cities. Well, we would have lunch together every single day. Now, there was no internet. There was no Google. So I'm embarrassed to tell you, I didn't know who John Wooden was. 
I didn't grow up with college basketball in Ireland. I had followed some American sports, but I had no idea that this guy was a legend. And we would have these fantastic conversations every day. He would sit around and listen to what I was talking about. And when I'd come off stage, he would have points to critique or give me feedback on that was brilliant. Things he really enjoyed or things he wanted more explanation on. And over the course of 10 weeks, I could find myself getting so much better at my own presentations. Well, it wasn't until four or five sessions in, I started asking people, who is this guy? And they're like, you kidding me? I actually went to, and again, millennials, you can Google this. I went to a library and I looked up who John Wooden was. And of course, I was staggered. And when I went back to tell him, and I was so apologetic that I didn't know who he was, he was almost sad that I now knew who he was. But we'd kind of developed a relationship at that time. And that was very cool. But he said something to me one time that stuck with me. He said, a coach is someone who can give correction without causing resentment. A great coach is someone who can give correction without causing resentment. Very, very powerful. And that's what a good coach does. They're giving you the instruction. They're giving you that feedback. So They're helping you with your mindset that gives you the direction. They're helping you with your motivation that helps you with your driving force. And then the methodologies, the methodologies which we'll get into in a minute here. But those are the things that sustain you, okay? And this is where you're getting into the systems, routines, habits. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But this is where you're getting instruction on the specifics, on skills, on tactics, on a way of doing something, a way to approach something. Here's the bottom line. You know, we all know... The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result. Everybody can quote that. But very few people stop the insanity and actually do something different. You know, it's January here. I drove into work this morning and there was a 24-hour fitness. And I had a couple of appointments early this morning. So it was 10 o'clock. And I drove past the 24-hour fitness and the parking lot. There's two giant parking lots by the 24-hour fitness here in Carlsbad. And there's, I don't know how many hundreds of cars there were. But the place is out the door. And it's 10 o'clock, so I'm like, who's working? Well, it's January. Now, here's the thing. And part of that, you know, you should enjoy yourself over the holidays and so on and so forth. And is there nothing really wrong with that? And then they're having a New Year's resolution and so on and so forth. But if you're trying to actually get somewhere and, and advance, you can't keep doing the same thing. That's why you need a coach. You need instruction from a mindset standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, and then from a methodology standpoint. So that leads me into execution. Okay, so instruction is the first part of a coach's job and the first part of you as a coachee to receive instruction. My job is to receive instruction when I'm getting coached. The next thing is getting down into execution. Again, mentor Jim Rohn said motivation alone is not enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you just have a motivated idiot, right? You got to have more than that. And so the first place in regards to execution is actually the tools and the resources at your disposal. So what resources do you have? What resources do you need? And then what tools are available? Now, let me just give you a word of caution here. The world we live in today, the world I described at the beginning of why coaching is so imperative, its answer for almost everything is to sell you a tool. Now, as a coaching company, we've developed a ton of tools. We have a contact management system called Referral Maker. We developed that tool, spent a fortune building that thing and maintaining it and running it because it's a tool to help people execute and keep their contacts in place and track their activities and their interactions and their communications and that actually drives their marketing and so on and so forth and tracks their results and how they're doing. It's a tool. We provide all the marketing for our membership. 
So we have thousands of members that we provide their marketing every month. It's a tool. So we actually provide them the marketing that goes to their customers through the mail, through the email. Our company produces personal notes. I'm big on personal notes. Personal notes are a tool of the trade. Our company produces over 12 million personal notes a year. I'm like Mr. Hallmark. Why? Because personal notes are powerful. It's a great tool. Now, I'm going to say to you that in the world today that people want tools to be all there is to the trade. They want the tool to do the job for them. They want the tool to be their accountability partner. They want the tools to be the instruction. Why? Because tools can be duplicated. Tools can be mass produced. And tools are usually inexpensive. And tools don't require anything out of you. You get an app. You get a program. You get an automatic email. You get those kinds of things. It's done for you. That's what so many programs are today. Hey, we'll send out your notes for you instead of writing your notes. We'll send out your correspondence for you. We'll do your social media for you. We'll do everything for you. And people then abdicate to the tools and can't understand why they're not winning. Let me tell you, tools are important, but tools are not as important as the tradesman. And they're not as important as the skill behind the tradesman. Napoleon Hill said this. He said, do not wait. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work whatever tools you may have at your command. And better tools will be found as you go along. I love that quote. Don't wait. The time will never be just right. So stop waiting for some magical breakthrough to come about. Start where you stand and work with whatever tools you have at your command right now. And then better tools will be found as you go along. No question about it. So what tools do you have at your disposal and what tools are you using? You know what? Here's the thing. It's kind of exciting to get the new stuff, to open the new box, to get the new app, whatever. You know how many times the average app is opened? 1.5 times. 1.5 times the average app is opened in its entire life from the time somebody downloads an app. Why? Because it's exciting. Go through your phone and look at the apps that you have and then examine the ones that you don't use. You'll be shocked. The fact is, it's kind of cool. It's innovative. It makes you feel like you did something. Oh, by the way, here's an example of a tool. Buying a book. Books are great. Books have made me who I am. Guess what? There's a difference between buying a book and reading a book. Have you done that? How many of you right now have purchased a book that absolutely answers one of the problems that you have, has some tips, advice, and strategies to help you, and you know if you read that book it would make things better for you, but you haven't read the book yet? Now let me ask you this question. How many books do you have like that? You see, the thing is, the act of buying the book or downloading the app or getting the tool in and of itself satiates part of the need. It makes you feel like you're doing something. It makes you feel good. I did something about my weight loss today. I bought the Bunza Titanium video. You know, I I did something today about my business. I bought Stephen Covey's Habits of Highly Effective People. I did something today. I listened to Brian Buffini's podcast. You got to go do something with these tools, okay? I'm a guy who's all about impacting and improving the lives of people. And the only way that happens is people take action. So a good coach is going to help you utilize the tools that are at your disposal and the resources. And what resources? Time, energy, money, right? The next piece is your priorities and your schedule. Your priorities and your schedule. Stephen Covey, who I just mentioned, used to say, the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Amen. How I live my life? At the end of last year, my wife and I went away for a couple of days 
and we wrote out our goals. We shared an analysis of what we had done that year. Our daughter kind of made us a 30-minute highlight video of the family and all we'd done in the year. You kind of forget. Then we came along and we took out our schedule and we went down and re-examined our priorities. And we have, you know, a family mission statement and priorities and core values. And you go back and reevaluate those things. And here's the thing. Sometimes you find, man, we're right on it. And we didn't really know it. Sometimes you find out, man, we're drifting in this one area. And it made things very easy. Right now we have our middle son, Alex, a very, very talented athlete in both volleyball and basketball. Well, he's being recruited for both sports. And he's had over 15 colleges express an interest for to have them come and play either one of those sports. A couple of them wanted to play both sports for him. Now, that can be a little overwhelming and trying to help this young man make a decision. Again, coming back to the priorities that we've already established. What are we looking, what's he looking for in a college? What are we looking for in a college? What's he looking for in a sporting uh, environment? What's he looking for in a coach? What's he looking for in a program? You come back to those priorities and they help you establish true north again. It's very easy to get blown around by this new thing and that new thing and this person's doing this and that person's doing that. What are your priorities and what are your schedule? A good coach is going to challenge you because when you stated what your priorities and your values are, everybody drifts, everybody gets off track. That's the real secret. The real secret to failure, it's rarely one giant mistake. Rarely is it one giant mistake. It's usually a series of small incremental drifts that ends up getting you to a place and you go, man, how did I get here? A good coach will kind of get you back on track. Re-establish. They're like a compass to help you reestablish your true north. They don't give you what true north is. You give that to your coach, but they hold you accountable like the compass to get there. That's why we all need a coach. And then lastly is the habits and disciplines. This is the practical stuff. The famous Irish philosopher Aristotle, Aris Ostotle, as we called him back home, used to say, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Habits and disciplines. The habits you have have you. That's just the best way I can say it. Whatever habits you have, the habit has you. And if you really want to change your life for the better, the way you do it is by changing your habits. A great book on the subject that is not as well known as Stephen Covey's work is The Power of Habit by Charles Deeg. And Charles is fantastic. And that book is one of the best books I've ever read on the subject. So if you're looking for a book to read for the year, that would be one to get. Again, a coach is really going to help you tactically with your habits and your disciplines. Let me ask you, do you have any bad habits? Have you had good habits that you've kind of drifted away from? How long does it take to get out of a habit? My daughter is a two-time national champion in the sport of dressage. It's an equestrian sport. And they teach the horses how to do these moves. I've watched her over the years with these highly trained, brilliant horses. And they can get out of a habit so quick. And it takes so much work and so much effort to get the habit into the horse, to do the discipline. Well, it turns out the horses are no different than people. It seems like it takes 30 days to get a habit of doing it right every day. It seems like I can get out of the habit in three days. So I don't know why that is. That's not the way I would have made it if it was my planet. But that's the way it is. And that's why I need a coach. That's why I need coaches in many areas. So we talked about instruction. We talked about execution. Now I'm going to talk about the dynamic of coaching itself. And I want to break this down because this is really, I think it'll be helpful. We have a lot of people listening to the podcast who are people in our coaching program. We have people who probably will get involved someday. And again, I encourage whoever you are in whatever country you're listening in, find out who can help you. But when you do that, understand there's three different elements to coaching. 
and most people think it's just one. And the one is accountability. Accountability makes sense. Everybody understands accountability. Stephen Covey, again, you say accountability breeds responsibility. Okay? Nick Saban, a Hall of Fame coach, uh, winning his coach in college football, says there's three things we can't have. We can't have complacency, we can't have selfishness, and we can't lose our accountability. Accountability is kind of the key. Remember, accountability is kind of being responsible or to give an answer for. Another definition would be to be held to account. So it's kind of like visiting your CPA, only it's your CPA of your intentions, right? What do they say the road to hell is paved with? Good intentions. I mean, doesn't it sound like, hey, there's all these good people, you've got good intentions, I want to I help people, I want to do this, I, I want to be a better father, I want to be a better mother, I want to be a better spouse, I want to be a better parent, I want to be a better boss, I want to be a better employee, I want to be better at my job, I want to serve my customers better, you know, I, I want to give more, I want all these good intentions. I've always found it fascinating that the most damning kind of idiom out there of the road to hell is paved with good intentions, that's a harsh statement. It's because we don't have anyone to give an account to. Our good intentions. Another way of saying a good intention, a New Year's resolution. What's a New Year's resolution on steroids? A goal. So we have these good intentions. We got these good ideas. We have these aspirations. Who is holding you in account? An account is a CPA comes in and looks at your books. It's very simple. People get complicated with business. I listen to business proposals all the time and newfangled ideas. At the end of the day, business is very simple. Income, less expenses, equals profit. There it is. You want to lose weight? You got to exercise more and eat less, and that equals the reduction of weight. It's simple as that. Now, the truth is, if it was that simple, it wouldn't be a $60 billion industry, okay? The weight loss business. The fact of the matter is, The best way to get help is to submit yourself to accountability. It is an exercise in humility. It hurts your pride to have to give an account. And if you're an owner of a business or you're a leader, you don't naturally align yourself with giving an account to other people. You like the idea of people giving an account to you. And so the fact of the matter is accountability is a big piece to this puzzle. It's about being responsible, taking responsibility for your life, giving an answer for, and being held to an account. Now, as powerful as that is, that is what most people think coaching is in its entirety. And what I want to share with you is that is the first level of coaching. The second level of coaching is called partnership. Now, partnership is close cooperation between people. You know, Helen Keller said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. You see, when you grow through the process of coaching, where you're given accountable, 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 now two things have to happen. You have to have a coach who's able to grow, because obviously when somebody's holding you to account, they're kind of, to some degree, in the power position. They're somewhat above you. That's why it's an act of humility to receive coaching. Now, by the way, two things. If you want to stay in that submissive role, and if you want to stay in that power role as a coach, I challenge you as a coach, you need to grow. I challenge my own coaches. Hey, it might feel good that you're the, hey, what did you do with what I told you, and I'll check in with you next week, and I told you to do this, and what are you going to do? You know, and literally, you're the boss of them. That's not very advanced level coaching. 
more advanced level coaching is now growing to partnership. So now the coach doesn't need to be in this power position. The coachee doesn't need to be in this submissive role. Now it's a partnership. Now what's happened here is that the person who's being coached is taking responsibility to such a degree that it's developing into what will become the third level, the ownership side of things. They're becoming more responsible for their own life, their own actions, their own business, their own schedule, their own habits. They're making it their own. The coach is now coming alongside and saying, great, I've got someone who's operating at a higher level. I've raised their game and helped raise their game. They've raised their game themselves also. Now it's a cooperation. Now it's a collective. We're working together. You're co-creating a plan. You're co-creating the habits and the disciplines. You're co-creating the systems you want to follow. You're developing the strategy and the tactics together. It's mutual agreement. And so it's this partnership. That is a much higher level than just accountability. And then the third and the highest level in which we always want clients to attain to when we coach them is this sense of ownership. And this sense of ownership is where you take on full responsibility. Now what happens, the coach is now in this supportive, submissive role to you. And this is real, real powerful stuff for a coach. They are celebrating your victories. They are championing you on. Now it's slighter refinements, helping with bigger, longer-term strategy. There's certainly less chaos management. There's less reactionary stuff. And now the coach is celebrating you for who you are and who you've become. And the coaching relationship evolves into one of ownership. And so imagine that where now the coach is kind of holding you up on a pedestal and cheering you on. They're your biggest fan and supporter. And now what they're doing is smaller refinements. The accountability is still there. The accountability is still there. But now it's in a totally different role. Uh, The accountability is still there in a partnership role. But now it's evolved and it's grown. And so accountability, partnership, ownership. That is the progression of a coaching relationship. That's the progression of healthy coaching, not to stay in one spot. Brian Tracy, who's someone I greatly admire, a San Diego resident, said, peak performance begins with you're taking complete responsibility for your life and everything that happens to you. That is a statement of ownership. Very, very powerful. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Coaching works. Okay? Coaching works. I'm going to say this. When you thump your chest and toot your own horn, if you're just stating a fact, you're just stating a fact. So I'm going to do that. And again, I've been almost a year doing this podcast, and we've done however many broadcasts, and uh, almost 700,000 people listen to this show. The fact of the matter is I've never even talked about Buffini and Company and what we do. But in the real estate space, I'll give you an example. Last year, the average sales agent in the real estate business made just under $30,000. The average sales agent coached by our company made 11 times that. Four years ago, our average client made seven times the national average. Two years ago, it was eight times the national average. Right now, as we speak, it's 11 times the average. Let me ask you, would you like to have 11 times the income of your peers? Would you like to have 11 times the vitality of people your age? Would you like to have 11 times the marriage of the average person? Would you like to have 11 times more positivity and attitude in your life than the average person? Would you like to have your kids and the relationship with your kids be 11 times that of the typical parent-child relationship? 
the fact of the matter is, I sit here today sharing with you the best I can. I feel like I've earned the right to share a few things. For the past 30 years, I've been dedicating myself to the areas of mindset, motivation, and methodologies and applying those things. I've been a student. I've been mentored. I've been coached. I've been trained. And I continue to do so. Today, some of those coaching relationships are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because our company will hire consultants to help us with different projects and processes. The fact of the matter is, I'm a product of what I'm telling you here today. I am the son of a house painter, a proud son of a house painter. I was apprenticed. I know my trade. I can wallpaper your kitchen. I can go leave your outdoors. I can replace your glass and I'll clean up so you won't even know we were there. I was trained in uh, the trades and apprenticed in them. But I haven't worked in the painting business in 30 years. I built a fortune, an economic fortune, and more importantly, a fortunate life. And I'm a product of all of these things I'm sharing with you here today. Because I was so blessed by people who helped me, I started a coaching company. And I started that 21 years ago. And like I shared, we've coached one-on-one over 100,000 businesses and trained 3 million. Here's what I'm going to share with you. It works. Here's the other thing I want to share with you. It's necessary. The world has changed. Life has changed. Community's changed. Fellowship has changed. Friendships have changed. A lot of things have changed. Now, human beings haven't changed. Fundamentally, we have the need to love and be loved. Those things haven't changed. Belong, connect, be a part of. But the fact of the matter is the world has changed. And I firmly believe that everybody needs a coach. I actually believe ultimately in your life, you'll have a coach in every significant area of your life. I think you want to grow spiritually, get involved with a spiritual coach. You want to grow physically and get in better shape health-wise, get some health coaching. You want to grow your business, get a business coach. Financially, if you're not in financial well-being at this time, get a financial coach. My first financial coach was the first CPA I ever had who did a profit and loss statement and scared me to death because I had no idea how much I was spending how much I was making. So maybe psychologically and emotionally you get a coach, okay? And these people can all have different titles. They could be doctors, they could be psychologists, they could be pastors, they could be business coaches, all those kinds of things. But I'm going to say this to you. Instruction, execution, and then the process of coaching itself is extremely valuable. I've been at this game for 21 years, and I have seen it change people's lives. Our clients are extremely passionate advocates. I was at a conference here recently, and there was a well-known speaker on stage. It was a small group of us, and he said, I'm sure you have a great brand and a great company, he said, but I guarantee you there's no one in here has a, one of their customers has ever gone out and gotten a tattoo with your company's logo on it. And I raised my hand, and I said, I beg to differ. And it's not necessarily something I'm proud of, but I have dozens of clients <laughs> who've gone and gotten a tattoo of the five circle logo of our company. And you go, what in the world is that? Are they groupies? Are they this or that? These are people whose lives have changed to such a degree. They have such an affinity for what we do. They went out and got a tattoo. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You can be all who you're designed to be. You can live an inspired life. You can live a good life. You can impact your life, the generation to come, and the generation after that which is the only real legacy there is. But you got to be all you can be first. And I would say this. I know this. I need the help. I think you do too. And I hope today has been a coaching session that's helped you out. I hope this has been a beneficial uh, 
instruction, helping you to execute better. And I hope for those of you who are coaching, you'll get to the three levels of coaching. And those of you who aren't yet in coaching, you go get yourself somebody who can help you be all you're capable of being. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to head over and leave a, a review on iTunes. I uh, really enjoy reading those. Uh, we're also on Android, so download your favorite podcast app from Google Play and tune in for free. I love hearing the feedback. The reviews help to spread the word. They also let me know the kind of stuff you're enjoying. So as you guys know, I've said this over and over again. Uh, we don't ask you to suffer through endless promotions and sponsorships on our podcast. All we ask is one thing. If you're enjoying this, if you've benefited from this, we want you to share this with somebody who you think needs it. Our goal is to positively influence as many people as we can. So be sure to share the show with others. So as I finish here today, I'll leave you with a little Irish blessing that my first mentor, my grandfather, Harry, used to say. May the roads rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand.